Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes Season 5 Episode maybe 13? Dunno, I don't even have the webpage up, so I Hang on, let me check. Okay. <laughs> let me check. <laughs> yeah, 13, I got it I totally got it right. I should have just bluffed that out. Oh lucky thirteen. <laughs> awesome. This is episode our wash up episode. Yes, this is the episode where I tear down everything that Andy C said about the best horror films of the 20th century. Um, tell him exactly where he was wrong. And he'll tell us a little bit about where he thinks he was wrong. Stuff like that. Have we got any feedback that we haven't already covered? We obviously got live feedback last episode. Yes. Quite a lot of it. Um, I don't know. Let's have a look. I don't remember getting any more. I don't think there is any more. We haven't had any more via the Twitters. Have we had any more via the Mastodons? I don't know. As you can tell, listener, we're really prepared for tonight's yeah. podcast. So this podcast is <laughs> this is the one that we didn't plan. I mean, not that we really planned. Well, I don't know. Do you plan the others? You probably do, don't you? Uh, I tend to do a bit of bit of research. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's against the spirit of the thing. <clears throat> uh, no, we have no new feedback. Um, okay. Yeah, I can't, I can't seem to log into Mastodon.social, so okay. I won't do that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure Dapper has said a few things. I'm sure. Uh, I do have, uh, in common with um, many other movie shows and uh, sort of entertainment type things, um, some sad news about an actor called Albert Finney, who's quite famous. Who's, What's he famous for? Um, he was a very, he was a, a big deal in the 60s. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, an angry young man, you know, so mm-hmm. he was in a movie called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning, a movie called Two for the Road. And then later on, um, he did a, a movie with the Coens called Miller's Crossing, which is mm, amazing. Good. Yeah. So he plays the mob boss in that, in truly okay. terrifying form. Uh, and then much later on in that, there was Erin Brockovich, which is a terrific film. Right. Um, and the Bourne Ultimatum, in which he played the doctor who performed the the um, psychological treatment of Jason Bourne. Mm. Um, so uh, you know, I think probably an actor that most moviegoers who were sort of watch mainstream stuff probably not aware of, but I think interesting from the point of view of him being, he shunned the limelight. He shunned sort of um, big budget stuff and tried to go for stuff that he was interested in. He was right. primarily a movie, uh, a theatre actor to begin with. Um, what a talent though. I mean, uh, I think for listener to go and seek out something that he was in, uh, Miller's Crossing is a good place to start. Well, any Coen Brothers film is great, right? So Yeah, it's be- and he is terrific in that. Just amazing. There's also a movie called Orphans, which is very good as well, which is from the 1980s. Um, fantastic actor. So, yeah, great shame that he's died. Although he hasn't done anything for quite a while, which is maybe why he's off people's radar a bit. Right. I mean, um, I've definitely heard the name, but it, I couldn't place him when I heard about it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, sad news there, I think. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we shall move on. We have no cool. feedback. So I have thought what we should do to get ourselves going. Yes. Right, what we should do is... I should count down from 30 to 1, and you should give your one-word review. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Yeah, go on then. Of each film with no preparation. Yeah. So here we go. 
You ready? Yes. Number 30, Gremlins. Mogwai. <laughs> well, this, this is so fast. <laughs> Number 29, Near Dark. Gritty. Number 28, Altered States. Pretentious. Number 27, Hellraiser. Bloody. Number 26, The Blair Witch Project. Um, uh, innovative. Number 25, Jacob's Ladder. Unsettling. Yes. This is so much better. We should have got you to do it every week. <laughs> 24, Nosferatu. Black and white. It's <laughs> not no, a word. Um, iconic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going for influential. Influential. Okay, okay. 23, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Paranoid. 22, The Wicker Man. Terrifying. 21, Carrie. Um, uh, I don't what to say about Carrie. Um, um, uh, what am I thinking? Gruey. There you go. Gruey, okay, Gruey. okay. 20, The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> That's not a word. Okay. 19, Audition. Uh, extreme. 18, Ringu. Uh, Ringu, um, Fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 17, Psycho. Oh, um, Zeitgeisty. Oh. 16, The Fly. Entertaining. It is very. 15, Event Horizon. Derivative. <laughs> but in a good way. Yes. F 14, An American Werewolf in London. Funny. 13, The Sixth Sense. Sad. 12, The Omen. Um, Damien. 11, that's just the name of a character. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 11, Don't Look Now. Uh, Maudlin. Ten, the haunting. Um, creaky. Nine, Rosemary's baby. Um, I can't say paranoid again because I've already said no, that. Um, no, it's, it's ideal. What, what should I say for Rosemary's baby? Uh, I don't think I can do a one word. Um, what should I'll I give I, you four. Uh, I, I can do more. I can do more than that though. Uh, <laughs> just because you think they're out to get you, they really are. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Eight, Evil Dead 2. Oh, groovy. Groovy. Seven, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, um, what do I put for that? Uh, so I, I shall put down... Um, oh, that's difficult. I've gone through quite a few now and I'm... Uh, You're running out. We should have started at number one. Uh, Chainsawy. <laughs> Chainsawy, yeah. that is a word. Six, Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, have, we missed, have you got the right list here? Because I'm looking at... Um, I think yes. six is Nightmare on Elm Street. No, that's five. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, that's what the blog post says, so it must be right. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Night of the Living Dead is uh, Romero. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm. Five, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, okay. Freddy. <laughs> it's just the name of a character. Yes, it is, yeah. Four, The Thing. The Thing. What do we say about The Thing? Alien. 
I know, because we've got the film called Alien. <laughs> That's okay. <clears throat> yeah, Alien, yeah. Three, The Shining. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Two, Alien. Ah, uh, what do we say about Alien? Um, Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy. Yeah. One, The Exorcist. Uh, in time. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, I mean, it started off really well, yeah, and uh, by the end, it was awful. I ran out of one word, s- mm. summings up, mm. which is yeah. So there, cool. that's the top thirty. So, listener, that is the um, the t- top or the best thirty horror films of the twentieth century. And I realised we did have some feedback because I um, I told a colleague about the podcast today. Yes. Um, over our chat system, and she responded with that top thirty list, and then just four hearts. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was so, this? Um, this was my colleague at work. This is good. They have taste. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, someone else. I presume Four Hearts means they like it. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe in their world it means they hate it and they come and kill yeah. me. <laughs> They're like, they really don't like hearts, and so <laughs> they just use them for, yeah. No, I think she liked it. So, uh, yeah, so that, maybe she's another listener. Maybe she's listening now. Maybe... She is. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows, listener? Um, by now, I mean at the time when she's listening to it. Yes. The, when the, when, whenever she sinks the pod to her portable device or other, or indeed what? listens on the webpage. Yeah, any of those things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, what we've done there is we've gone through the top 30 horror films of the 20th century. Yes. So, um, at some point in this podcast, I need to tell you which ones you're wrong about. Should we do that now? Let's do that now. Okay, so let's. Should we start at number thirty and go down? Yes. Okay, so number thirty, Gremlins, is just a sort of trashy children's entertainment film. It doesn't uh, belong on this list. Mm. Uh, it's not. <laughs> no, but it is. No, but it isn't. No, it's directed by. <laughs> no, it's directed by Joe Dante. It's. Mm-hmm. So um, why is that? How does that affect the argument? Well, because he's he's a very zeitgeisty, talented guy. Uh-huh. And there's a lot more going on in Gremlins than um, than just trashy children's entertainment, and it's not children's entertainment anyway. <clears throat> when it was released, it was a fifteen uh-huh. trashy teenage entertainment. <clears throat> um, it was recently, uh, actually not that recently, like ten years ago, reclassified a twelve. Um, okay, because Sounds basically right. the trash talking is no longer seen as a problem. Right, right, right. Um, and it still holds up as a as a quite subversive uh, wholesale destruction of Christmas, right? Which is but, I mean, very entertaining. Other films that hold up include Ghostbusters. Um, well, it's a similar type of thing. Yeah, but it's not it's a like horror a, movie. That's why it's not on no, the no. list. No, I know. I'm not saying it should be on the list. I'm just saying, yes, it holds up. It has something to it. It doesn't make it like a great horror film. Um, I think I think the Gremlins is a really good gateway horror movie. Okay. So you can learn about the, the tropes of a horror movie from Gremlins, and you can show it to your twelve-year-old children. <laughs> so that that to me is a good reason to have it on the list. Okay. Uh, totally disagree. Okay. Um, Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just um, it's just a classic like trying to be scary. It's just like, look at this horrible thing type film. Um, I'm not even going to go there, actually. 
really does deserve to be on the list. All right. Well, I, I haven't watched it for years. Okay. Probably, you're probably right. Um, Nosferatu. Yes. Uh, very boring. Um, I don't care how influential it is. It wouldn't be on my list. Um, that's fair. I think it is a bit dull, but I think that there's enough uh, in there that is massively influential to include it on the list. Um, yeah. Well, I get. Yeah, I, I realised at some point during this list that y- your list was a different type of thing from mine. Yes. Because yeah, my I, list is like films I liked watching, and yours is something else. Well, I think it's it's a combination of films that I've liked watching, like Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that's going to be on many people's thirty best horror movies of the twentieth century. Well, let's just say it's coming up later in this conversation. Um, and uh, I think that you know Nosferatu is is very influential, but. You know, I did point this out when we talked about it that I'm not a fan of silent movies, right. but I've included yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, what you're basically saying to listener is, don't watch it; it's boring. But for some reason, I've included it in this list. I'd say do watch it. It's yeah. boring. It is boring, but you do should watch still it. watch it from a from I mean, a film history boring. point of view. You should still watch it. Cool. Oh yeah, I won't be. Okay. Uh, Twenty one. Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> uh, 15, Event Horizon. Yes. I mean, I've barely been more bored in a film. Okay. Uh, I really like Event Horizon. I think, uh-huh. I think that it's... Um, it is hugely derivative, but it is very stylish. Okay. Um, and then, uh, skipping ahead, because I'm okay with most of the intervening ones. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, The Thing. Yes. I saw it ages ago. I don't remember much about it, but I certainly don't remember it, you know, being any good. Mm. Well, I don't think you were alone in that. I think that it, it um, when it was released, it didn't do well at all. In fact, it tanked John Carpenter's career at Universal. So um, I don't think you were alone in that. But I mm-hmm. think since then, it is now widely regarded as one of the best horror movies ever made. And including so by me, probably, which is why it's on the probably list. Like, try and watch it again. I think you should try and watch it again because it's really good. <sighs> yeah, I won't. Okay, number three, The Shining. Yes. Um, I mean, it's there are scenes that are very memorable, but somehow it's what is it about it? It just feels not exactly cheap. Not cheap, certainly not cheap as in production values, but I don't feel like it's trying to get under your skin properly. It's just mm. showing you something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about Nightmare on Elm Street, that makes a genuine effort to make you scared. And The Shining, it feels to me like it's just showing you a thing. Yeah, I think, uh, again, you're not alone in, in feeling that way about it. Uh, there's a large school of thought that says The Shining is not a scary movie. Right. It's interesting and very well made, but not scary. Who's it made by? Uh, Stanley Kubrick. So, other Stanley Kubrick films are they? Are they? Are others of them? Can they be accused of being like sort of not engaging in that way that I'm saying? It depends on. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'd say so. I mean, he made two thousand and one, which is mm-hmm. which some people don't engage with. That's cool. It's really boring. Exactly. So um, he made Full Metal Jacket, which, to my mind, is 
the one of the greatest horror movies, not horror movies, war movies, if not mm. the greatest war movie ever made. That's amazing, and that's incredibly engaging, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe you don't identify with the characters that much, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Kubrick uh, is certainly an, a chilly director. Mm-hmm. But if I mean, if someone said to me, Andy, do you fancy watching Full Metal Jacket tonight? The answer is very likely to be yes. Yeah, for me too as well. Yeah. But if someone said to me, do you fancy watching The Shining? I'd be like, oh, I might. Yeah, no, I, might I, I would say yes to that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you know? Have I talked on the podcast before about payback? Uh, I I think we've touched on it. <laughs> so payback yeah. for me for for maybe a decade or a decade and a half, mm. it was the film. That if you said to me, do you fancy watching Payback tonight? The answer not only would be yes in some theoretical way, but actually was yes. So I watched Payback, I guess, every few weeks for 10 or 15 years. <laughs> That's cool. And I really love it. And I still, if someone asked me now, fancy watching Payback, I'd be like, yeah, right. Have you seen the director's cut? Because I, know that I don't know there whether is the one, one I watched was the director's cut. It might have been. Okay. Um, I think it came out a few years after the theatrical version so i don't know yeah i don't know i just had a vhs tape of it okay but it may not have come out like it may not have been one that came out uh, straight after it came out i don't know i once Great had film. a um i once had a a sleepover at someone's house <laughs> as an adult obviously went to a, mm-hmm. went to a gig and had a sleepover at someone's house mm-hmm. and in the morning um they sort of uh, presented their DVD collection to me and said, um, would you like to watch a movie? Uh, probably thinking that I would pick out something light. <laughs> and I said, I looked through the collection and said, oh yeah, I'll watch The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> were they unimpressed? <laughs> I think they were unimpressed. I think they were expecting me to pick out Sleepers in Seattle or something. Right, but I'm yeah, like, no, I mean, no, no. Smaller, yeah, Silence of the Lambs, a more horror-filled experience. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so... Then, okay, so the only other thing that I would take issue with, which, I mean, I don't think I really take issue with, but we'll get on to what my top ten is. Yes. And in my top ten, The Exorcist is not number one. Okay. So I think The Exorcist is brilliant. I love it. Um, I think that um, Mark Hermode has, like, made it this this amazingly special thing when actually it's just a really good horror film. Okay. Like one that really gets under your skin. It's all the things I want from a horror film and I like in a horror film. Yeah. It really really tries to scare you and it's really t- takes itself seriously and blah 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 it's great I love it um, but how many times have I felt I wanted to watch it again compared with Alien mm. which is in the number two position I mean I could watch Alien again almost any time you suggested it yeah Alien is very watchable there's a lot to see there's a lot to enjoy in Alien it's visually very arresting and uh, the performance is um, are just note perfect throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, although interesting, it's possible that some reluctance to watch The Exorcist is because this, of this kind of wounding quality that some of the films on the list have, like Dapper was talking about last week. Uh, movies that scar. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's what David Fincher says is that I don't really like movies that give you an experience. I like movies that scar psychologically. Mm-hmm. I'd like to apologise for dropping my bit of Lego I'm fiddling with for the third time. <laughs> I wonder what I thought it was a glass crashing. Yeah, it wasn't a glass. Um, um, yeah, I'm just really sorry. <laughs> I feel the same way about Jaws. Right. So, so um, uh, I saw Jaws at, at far too young an age. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the age that our, older, our eldest children are now, I watched Jaws 
at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm happy to say that uh, I still don't like swimming in the sea. In fact, <laughs> nice. I still don't like swimming in a swimming pool where there's nobody else in there. Ah, Even right. though that's entirely irrational. Uh, so I, yeah. Around about age 10, I watched, I think it was Hellraiser 2. Okay. Yeah. Around my friend's house. Because I was around my friend's house. And I think his parents' parenting style was quite different from my parents'. Lax. So when when his mum said, are you allowed to watch films like this? I, in all good conscience, said, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know there were films I wasn't allowed to watch. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. I just yeah. wasn't aware that this whole world existed. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I can watch anything I like. Uh, so then we watched Hellraiser 2. Did you watch it all? He, he said, oh, it's this great bit where this bloke tears his face off. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for the bit where he tears his face off. Um, yeah, I was a bit scared, I guess. Mm. I was, I guess I was probably fairly scared. I didn't have nightmares or anything afterwards. Um, but I didn't come away with the impression that it's a great film. No. Maybe that's why I'm biased against Hellraiser. It's not very good, Hellraiser 2. It, I mean, right. it's okay. Um, it sort of pushes the sci-fi angle of it more over the horror angle, Hellraiser 2. Mm. Although there is indeed a piece in it where a guy... Tears his face off. Oh, that must be the right film. I must have said the right one. That's yeah, good, that's although good. I think that happens in Hellraiser as well. There's a great deal of bloodletting in Hellraiser. I'm pretty sure it was two. Okay, of some of something. I think, I think two is doable for that kind of age. I think the original Hellraiser is definitely not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It didn't leave me traumatized. It maybe it left me with a lifelong love of horror films. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Probably not though, because I mean, I don't feel it didn't. It didn't have a great impact on me generally. I mean, I, I do still remember it, but... Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think which movie had sort of opened up the world of horror to me as a younger person. Um, I don't think it was anything I saw at the cinema, you know, with the exception of maybe Gremlins, but um, I think... Yeah, I think maybe it was Dawn of the Dead which I, Romero's Dawn of the Dead, which I saw when it was on television one time mm. and was just really kind of, oh, what's this? This is interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt for me that I, I wouldn't say, am I a horror film fan? I guess I probably am, but what I really am is a zombie fan. Mm. <clears throat> um, I've been, I'm re-watching The Walking Dead. Uh, what season are you on now? I'm, I'm still in season two, getting towards the end of season two. Okay. But I have previously seen at least season four. I don't remember how far I got. Right. But I got a DVD set of all the all the first six seasons. So I'm utterly loving it. It's just finding the time to watch it. It's not acceptable to the wife. <laughs> um, oh, but it's so good. So good. Excellent. Cool. So you mentioned Dawn of the Dead. So shall we switch yes. to um, other things we're going to talk about? And shall we start with my top ten? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so Andy B's top 10 horror films of the 20th century. <laughs> so, um, movie pickers. Um, the, uh, so this is a list of films that I just really love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number 10, Psycho. Yep. And probably the film that I love least out of all these. I mean, obviously it is because it's number 10, but I mean, I could be accused of including one that I don't love that much maybe here. It's very, very classic. It is, yeah. And that's partly why I included it. Okay. So I've just contradicted myself. But I, I quite like it, anyway, at least. 
Um, and I did watch that 24-hour psycho thing. Did I, I've told you about it loads of times on yes. the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I watched about five, ten minutes of 24-hour psycho, when it was, which was psycho being played very slowly in a museum. That's crazy. Um, and the bit where she's looking out the window after she's just arrived at the motel. Mm, nice shot. And it, it goes on for like two, three seconds, but mm. that's all I saw. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Uh, anyway, Psycho. Number nine, An American Werewolf in London. Fantastic. Just such fun. Yeah. And I haven't watched it for ages. Yeah, you should definitely re- re-watch it because it really holds up. Mm, cool. Um, it's huge amounts of fun. It, it, it uh, I'll say this phrase again, it treads that fine line between comedy and horror brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's funny me, and scary and very bloody, all at the same time. And, and it was all the stuff that, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or maybe Stranger Things now is. Yeah, there's um, there's before influence, those ideas yeah, were. There's definitely influence there on those shows. Yeah. Number eight, the Blair Witch Project. What a film! It really scared me when I was a little bit too old to mm-hmm. still get properly scared by films. Yeah. It came along at just the time where I thought there probably won't be many horror films that really, really unsettle me. I went along and, and decided to just really enjoy it and let it scare me. And I didn't even need to do that. It just really scared me. It's really good. <laughs> I loved it. It's, it's really I loved good. the bit with the snot dripping down and I just loved everything about it. Yeah, it's, um, it's an amazing film. The only sad thing about a film like that is if you watch it again you don't get the same experience again no i mean the best experience i had with it was watching it on a a four by three computer monitor (laughs) playing off a vcd Ah. in my flat in london and being thoroughly terrified yeah on your own with the light yes that's gotta be yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's how i've been watching the walking dead oh cool in the middle of the night when everyone else is asleep (laughs) on my own with the light (laughs) off (laughs) number seven the Omen. Amazing. Yeah. And I would include the three Omen films. Really? Yeah. They're definitely diminishing returns, though. Maybe, but it, it, there's a completeness to having them included. Also, it's worth bearing in mind... Oh, you're not, you're not kidding. It's worth bearing in mind that one of the things I like about Omen, which is actually possibly one of the reasons I like horror films in general, which you may not be that interested in, okay. is the sense of, the, of an absent God. Yes. And the fact that... The universe has kind of been abandoned. God exists, it's just he's sort of abandoned the world. And sometimes I feel like that. <laughs> and so uh, seeing that expressed in film in the way that the omen But isn't, does. That, isn't that played out in, you know, in, in New Testament law? You've got Old Testament, which is very much a hands-on, hands-on God who is communicating with mankind and getting up to all kinds of stuff. And then New Testament is like, here's my son, ah, Hands off. <laughs> go for it. You go for it. You just uh, do what you want. Is that, that's, okay, that's a really interesting way of... I haven't thought of that. I would think of... The, the way I see the difference in the way of expressing things is that essentially in the Old Testament, everything is attributed to God. Anything that happens, you know, if a wall falls over, then they say, oh, God made the wall fall over. Okay. And that's kind of not the way we express things now, possibly not the way they're expressed in the New Testament quite so much. So I'm not sure I see that distinction. Okay. But I certainly do feel in my own life at times this sense of the abandonment of the universe by God. And to have that expressed in film form in such a stark way, especially the end of the Omen. It's very bleak, isn't it? The end of Omen 3, it's supposed to be like, oh, you know, God comes and brings the the victory 
And God is just this sort of distant white light that kind of sorts stuff out and then goes away yeah, again. It's quite it's very bleak. It's very lame. <laughs> I mean, I think Sam Neill's puts in a good performance in Omen 3 because, you know, I think Sam Neill is a, is a good actor, um, but I think Omen 3 is not a good film. Right. Sorry. Right. I I see them as as a trilogy that almost as a unit. But then if I watched them again, I probably would get get a clearer distinction. Yeah, I I do actually quite like the second one. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the the teenage uh, Damien is terrifying, right? Yeah, and it's got a good supporting cast with William Holden and Lee Remick, um, as his foster parents. Because you know right, right, right. they're like Hollywood royalty. You know, William Holden's a really great actor. So you know, I think the I think the um. Yeah, I think I think Damien Omen Two, as it's called, holds up right. pretty well. Right. But the original right. is definitely the oh, well, it's all the bits know, I remember. The dogs like the, and the graveyard oh, and the chilling. You see the photo the with nanny. The, the the line that goes through through the bloke diagonally yep. from the top. It's really chilling. And then it happens, and it, oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw that. So chilling. And uh, and David Warner. Um, uh, developing the photo that contains him with a line through his neck yeah, and yeah, realising yeah. that and, oh dear he's next and as you say the nanny which is oh, yeah oh yeah. scary, 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 yeah, scary it's scary, good scary. stuff the omen it's, yeah uh, really good yeah really good number six A Nightmare on Elm Street ah excellent which we've gone on, gone on about a lot we have and you might be you might think I'd have it higher given how much we've gone on about it but, but there's better stuff this, to come the thing is that this is pretty high but yeah, it makes a serious effort to uh, scare you, get under your skin. It's also a bit schlocky, so it probably loses points there. Having said that, it is, it is quite schlocky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Having said that, the next one in the list <laughs> is can also be accused of being schlocky. <laughs> is the Evil Dead Two? I don't think you could accuse it of being that. It is definitely <laughs> schlocky. So the Evil Dead Two. I when I watch that, I just have a massive grin on my face yeah. all the way through. Yeah, it's just so fun and so intense. Yes. Number four, The Exorcist. Fantastic. Really great. Talked about how much I like it, but also how it's not number one. Okay. Number three, and painful to me that it's so low, The Wicker Man. Excellent. I love The Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but there are bits of it that are a bit dull. Yeah, it's of its time. It's a little bit yeah. slow in places. So wouldn't it be yeah. great if they remade it with some some modern <gasps> Nicholas Cage, actor. maybe? Yeah, someone. Yeah, someone like him who could take the role seriously. Oh, wait a minute, they did. Yeah, <clears throat> but what, wouldn't it be good if they remade it again? With, and I've seen it without the pain. I've seen the Wicker Man remake. I haven't. I'm really curious to see it. It's uh, it's truly truly dreadful. <laughs> <coughs> so number two. Dawn of the Dead. Ah, okay, that's so interesting. So this one was not included in the top thirty. No, I, and uh, I'll you know I'll talk about. I think I did talk about why I chose yeah. um, Night mm-hmm. of Living Dead mm-hmm. because it is the granddaddy because it's black and white because of the social political message. Yeah, but I think that you, like many people, would consider Dawn to be the best of the original trilogy. Yeah, so I. I understand that your list is a, uh, includes influence as well as yes. uh, love. But it was you, a tough say. choice between that and Dawn. Yeah. yeah. And Dawn of the Dead is such a great film. So enjoyable and so as much an epitome of everything that makes me love zombie films. You know, this sense of uh, 
again like a sense of an abandoned world and a world that is um that is just rotten to the core which i feel like the walking dead re- world is very much yeah. like that isn't it yeah but i feel like it's an expression of reality you know the, what the characters go through is actually um what normal people go through sometimes they realize how rotten some particular part of the world is yeah. and they have to face it and they have to face grief and mourning and, and you know the, something about facing up to um evil is what makes me love zombie films and despair and evil in this in the case of this movie is comes in the form of tom savini's biker um gang <laughs> who are trying to take over the shopping mall Right, right, right. right, right. Um, Because I don't actually consider the zombies in any zombie movie to be evil. They are just what they are. Yeah, rotten is probably a good word. um, uh, Yes, and as the Romero films go on, the zombies become heroic. More noble, yes. Yeah. The awful suffering of the zombies is one of the things that really attracts me. You know, you only really get that in the Romero films because they, they will actually linger on the zombies enough to give you a sense of the kind of sadness of their existence. Yes, definitely. Uh, a yearning for brains. Mm, brains. Leaving. Leaving number one, Alien. Alien. Just love it. I mean, what could, what would you change? Ah, well, should we talk about what did change? Okay, do it. So, um, I'm just going to check my notes here. So... Um, uh, Ridley Scott did a director's cut in 2003 mm-hmm. which trimmed the film of a few not of entire scenes he just sort of shortened some sequences slightly because he you know going back to it he realised that actually some of this stuff is a bit long and a bit dull so he kind of trimmed some stuff interesting but it gets shorter it gets shorter yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. but he added footage Okay. Of Ripley finding um, Brett, and I think possibly Captain Dallas, still alive in the Nostromo, and cocooned, uh, and turning into something alien. Um, oh, right. That isn't entirely clear what they're turning into, but, you know, possibly another egg, or maybe another alien drone. Um, so sort of giving an idea of how uh, an alien drone... Um, uh, makes new aliens without a queen because we don't see the queen until aliens uh, right 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 yeah um and then we find out who's been laying all those eggs mm. uh, so yeah that's interesting so yes uh really scott did remove some footage so actually the the 2003 cut is slightly shorter uh, i've never heard of a director's cut that's shorter no me neither no, but I think if anyone was going to do one, it would be Ridley Scott because he yeah, because he gets it. He gets it. Yeah, absolutely. He's not like oh, this, I did some more stuff. You should have more of it. Have more than make it more boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not like that. no, he's not. And everyone else is literally pretty much. Yeah, I can't think of anybody who's ever trimmed their movie. Yeah, cool. So other alien thing you you said something related to oh to yeah you said. Alien is being re-released? Yes. Uh, beginning 1st of March. 2019? Yes. Alien is being re-released in cinemas. So if you've never seen it and you want to go and see it in a cinema with a bunch of people eating popcorn and talking on their mobile phones, then you can do that. 
<laughs> I really do. If they release it at IMAX, I have pretty much decided I'm going to go see it. Nice. Yeah, that would be interesting to go and see it in IMAX. Um, cool. And then the other alien-related thing we had on our list of things to talk about was Aliens. Yeah, so Aliens, which is James Cameron's... The sequel. Um, 1986, I think. Maybe a bit later. Uh, sequel. Um, which is one heck of a roller coaster of a movie. Mm, um, yeah. I think not. I definitely think not as visually arresting as Alien, but does so memorable though. But very memorable for a supporting cast of misfits, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, most notably, Bill Paxton's Private Hudson. I would say it, Aliens vies with the entire suite of Arnold Schwarzenegger films for. The thing that's most quoted when Andy and I and people just sort of hang around. Oh. Shooting, what do you call it? Shooting the breeze. Shooting the breeze. I mean, there's a, there's a quote. Um, game over, man. Game over is, yeah. is one that gets quoted a lot. And there's another one um, that I can't repeat on this podcast, <laughs> but is one that I always think of when uh, when there's sort of a boring... Um, I got a question. There's a boring town hall, let's say. <laughs> and someone says, So, are there any questions? <laughs> and in the movie, Private Hudson says, puts his finger, puts his hand up. And the, um, the lieutenant says, What is it, Private? And Hudson asks this question. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so perfectly delivered. Yep. Like all of and his the response is, his, the response of this uh, sergeant to him is also brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant, yes. Um, so yeah, aliens the, is the great. whole that scene is so great because it the 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 Ripley being mistrusted by the the soldiers and everything it all works so well. Yeah, it's, so much tension. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. So James Cameron has a 4K version of Aliens. What's a 4K version? So um, uh, 4K resolution, so Ultra HD. Okay, so big enough to look good on a big cinema on screen, a cinema screen. It? Yes, indeed. Or just any cinema screen? Uh, yeah, so that is apparently ready, but he hasn't signed it off yet because he's busy making Avatar films. Avatar 2, Avatar Harder. Avatar More Blue People. Avatar uh, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest in Space. <laughs> Avatars and Engines. I like Avatar. I think it's good. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, think oh, it, I thought it was okay. I think A it, bit boring. I think it holds up. I, th- I think. Really? Wow. Yeah, I went to see it. I'm surprised um, you think that. I went to see it on release at the mm-hmm. BFI IMAX at Waterloo. Right, right, right. That's the BFI IMAX I will go and it see was Alien at. Thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining at the IMAX. Okay. In 3D. Right. So, my biggest memory of it, because I went to see it in 3D, I think on a normal 3D screen, mm. it was the first thing I'd seen in 3D, like everyone else. And the thing I remember about it was sometimes some things fell in front of your face that was a bit annoying. Yeah. And. Uh, Sometimes the spaceships looked really small instead of really big. <laughs> and other than that, it didn't particularly get in the way. And occasionally, I think it enriched things slightly. Mm, okay. Yeah. Anyway, but the fact that it's 3D is probably not what we should be talking about no, about no, Avatar, because no, no. it's not even remarkable no, anymore. It isn't. Um, it's fine, but it's, it's a bit... Its politics are a little bit simplistic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely is. It's... um. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is dumb. simplistic. Yeah. Okay. 
But that's why I say it's Fern Gully, the last rainforest in space. You know, it's okay. It's like white people are bad, everybody else is good. Blue people, especially. Blue people are especially good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's broad. Yeah. It's definitely broad strokes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a way of putting. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that another word for rubbish? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, so that was that. Um, so we've got a few notes about other things we should talk about. Yes. So one of, one of the things we had was the fact that Dawn of the Dead was missing from the list. So the the, the technical explanation for that is that you have to have one uh, film by each director. That's the rule that we set ourselves. Yes. So uh, Night of the Living Dead being the the first film and hugely influential in the whole zombie genre. Yeah. First film by George Romero is why. So anything else to say about Dawn of the Dead? It had a remake in the oh yes it did in the 2000s which is actually very good it's definitely almost I like it almost as much as the Romero one yeah. which is uh, directed very high by, praise um, directed by Zack Snyder right. who would go on to make a version of Watchmen which I I don't really like very much in fact I think I only like one of his movies since he made Dawn of the Dead uh, notably though uh, he is making another zombie movie for Netflix. Oh, exciting. Which is going to be... Now, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's a heist movie uh, mashed up with a zombie genre. Oh, I, I love heist movies. This is definitely my kind yeah, of Yeah, so this sounds really good. So what it is, is that there is a... I think it's a city that is walled up to keep the zombies in. But in this city, there is a building that is filled with, like, money or gold or something like that oh wow and a bunch of cool. um ne'er-do-wells decide they're going to break in there and steal it yeah so that cool. sounds like an absolute corker so that's his, that's going to be his next project awesome yeah so yeah they um there aren't many films where i feel like the remake was worth making so no, the fact that i do feel that about this i think that really... his dawn of the dead remake is is solid it's um yeah it's good stuff. Controversially, has running zombies, but that's no longer controversial. No, because uh, they are. Where else do they appear? Well, they're... well, The Walking Dead. No, they don't run in that, though, do they? Yeah, they do. When shocking amounts. No, they, yeah. they walk fast. Yeah, and then they they break into a run. I suppose I mean, they, a lot of the time they're walking around, but I suppose but they, they I've been noticing. do a stumbling run. Yeah, they get pretty fast at times. Mm. They vary. They do they vary. vary, depending on how um messed up they are but also um 20, 28 days later was was roundly criticized for having running they're zombies. not zombies i know that i know they're not zombies <laughs> but it's clearly a zombie film um yeah and they they run in that and that was kind of exciting i mean i i've i have serious misgivings about 28 days yeah later. i don't like it that much i prefer the sequel 28 right. yeah, weeks later with robert carlyle it's got an actual actor in it. It's yeah. got a proper actor in it, and it's shot on film rather than videotape, which is a big deal. Right. I liked the bit where there was no one in London. Yeah. That was fine. But, you know, really? Is that the whole... Then you've got the bit where it's all creepy at the army base. I don't know, it just felt... Somehow didn't feel like it was making a point, but rather that you were just being creepy along with the film. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't quite... I don't know. It didn't. Hmm. I don't know why. What's, the, what's the next note? Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978 version. So another remake. Yes. Now this is actually that's actually been remaked at least twice since then. 
Yeah, you mentioned several remakes, I remember, when we talked about Yeah, it. but the 78 one is notable for having an interesting cast. Someone I spoke to in the office, I, I talked about this list, and they, they were on board, he was on board with a lot of it, but he said 1978 Invasion of Body Snatchers is the good one. Hmm. So that was interesting. Yeah, I disagree. I think that it's, it is it is good. I think um, uh, Donald Sutherland is in it. Jeff Goldblum, early performance by Jeff Goldblum. Hmm? Leonard Nimoy. Um, it's good, but it is definitely derivative of the original. So it kind of treads the same, you know, it's the same story, but in black, right. but in colour and in set in the 1970s. Right, so essentially being remade because people wouldn't watch a black and white film, so you have yeah. to remake it. Yeah, right. Right. It, it lacks the hysteria of the original. Right, okay, interesting. Yeah, which is interesting. It's a bit more downbeat, a bit more 70s, I suppose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Okay, we're going to have to rattle through because otherwise this podcast is going to be ridiculous. Okay. So next, the next note we had was Reanimator. Yes. So this was originally on the list. Um, this is a film from the 1980s. It's... Um, uh, now, who directed this? I'm going to have to look it up, actually, because it's been been a while since I even thought about this movie. Reanimator. I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Okay, so it's a 1985 American science fiction horror comedy, loosely uh-huh. based on the 1922 H.P. Lovecraft serial novelette, Herbert Wise, Dash, Reanimator. Okay. <laughs> uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, who went on to make um, Society. Oh, Society. We've talked about that a lot. Yep. Uh, and produced by Brian Usner. So the film... I think... film stars Jeffrey Coombs. Uh, he's about the only person who's particularly well-known, really. Cool. So you had it in somewhere in the top 30. I did. Uh, although I was you never that sure about it, I was never all that happy about it because actually it's okay. not really all that good. <laughs> um, I just picked it out because I'd seen it a few times and thought it was good, but actually it was replaced with the Sixth Sense, which I think was a good move. I tell you what, I want to have a quick look on the Twitters while you talk yes. because someone, someone on Twitter sent me a whole list of their top, however many horror films. And there are so many of them I hadn't heard of. I wanted to see whether any of them you'd heard of. Is this the Time Out one? Um, no, uh, no. Uh, the, the Time Out one is uh, is where I got some of the our notes for this um, oh, program okay. from, yeah. but not. So I'm going to look that up while we continue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this bloke I've I've I know him slightly, and I followed him on Twitter, and he is into obscure, weird horror yeah, films. I think so you showed me that list. It's pretty cool. It's definitely cool. obscure. Yeah. It's obscure. There's also some uh, some of the Italian horror movies from the 70s and 80s, things like Suspiria, which I haven't seen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly have seen very few Which of them. recently got a remake. Right. Um, so while yeah. I'm looking that up, I'm going to set you off talking about... Oh, no, I have to talk about the next one. Um, so I, I won't do that yet. Um, so the other, another film that I was very sad not to include, but is excluded by the rules because it was made in 2001, mm. is one of my personal favourite films, yes. The Hole. Oh, no, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to remind myself about... Yeah, people don't really share my love of The Hole, but um, something about it really freaked me out and I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's one of my favourite uh, films Kira Knightley, that's right, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. It was quite early Kira Knightley. 
Um, it uh, essentially it's about some posh kids at a private school who dare each other to spend a, a few days in an underground like bomb shelter on I think on the grounds of their school, mm. and they accidentally get logged in and locked in and end up in there for longer. There is no supernatural. Not even a like, oh, is it supernatural? Is it not supernatural? Element. It's pure um, things that could really happen to you. Yeah. And it sort of descends into this. Um, it kind of reminds me of. Um, oh, now I've forgotten the um, film I'm thinking of. What's the one where he they he has to chop up the body and then he goes and stays in the attic? Uh, Scottish, right? Scottish. Um, oh, um, yes. Uh, it is uh, Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave. Listener is like screaming at us. Yes. Yeah. It kind of reminds grave. me of Shallow Grave. In that it, there's this kind of um, body, horror of dead bodies and um, like realistic feeling descent into madness mm. kind of thing about it. Mm. Um, but I just found it really scary and really authentic feeling. Um, and it really, really engaging. I really like it. But it doesn't... It's too late. Yes, it is just too late. It's a 21st century film. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, no, I I have seen it, and I did like it. I seem to remember Mm -hmm. liking it. Um, Uh, So that's the whole. The next thing on our list of things to talk about was a George Romero film that I haven't seen um, from about 1976 called Martin, which someone said should be on our list. I think that was possibly from the Time Atlas. Okay, yeah, so Martin is a film, uh, an interesting uh, Romero film about a troubled teen boy who thinks he's a vampire. So he sort of, um, Mm -hmm. he attacks people and drains their blood using a syringe, I think, and then drinks the blood. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... In, it's psychologically interesting. Uh, I've never really engaged with it, though. I find that the performances are not great. Okay. Uh, so I think I okay. think that the concept and the idea is really strong and mm-hmm, interesting, mm-hmm. but I think that the execution is flawed. Right. There are other Romero films where you could criticise the execution. Right? Day of the Dead being one of them. <laughs> like, pretty much all of them, but yes. yeah, especially... <laughs> Especially Diary of the Dead, oh, the worst it, film ever. Yeah, we'll bring that up again. But yes, I think that um, I think Romero needs to have the right people working on his movie. Otherwise, he doesn't get what he wants out of them. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and Martin, I think, is an example of that. I think that it's a really interesting idea. Uh, but I think the, the uh, I just don't really engage with it very much. <clears throat> but I do, I do definitely acknowledge that it's influential. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. So let's do um, Simon's list. So Simon Brand uh, is the person I was talking about. Yeah. On on Twitter, he is Tartan Lama. Okay. Uh, excellent on uh, weird, obscure films, and excellent on C plus plus. Nice. Uh, his list, and we'll just shoot through it quickly. And if there's anything to say about any of them, say. But okay. a lot of them I haven't heard okay. of. Thirty Onibaba. No. Nope. 29, Who Can Kill a Child? Uh, no, don't know. 28, The Boxer's Omen? No. 27, Carnival of Souls? Yes, now that's an interesting one. Um, uh, I have seen that, actually. 
and it is rather good uh, so let's just have a quick look at it um, by the way listener if you um, if you follow the good robot Andy's Twitter feed I retweeted this list so you should see it somewhere not too far down the list um, so yes uh, 1962 American independent horror film uh, had a budget Sounds of good. $33,000 nice. using various guerrilla filmmaking techniques to finish the production uh, cool. it was the director's only um, feature film which is interesting. Right. Yeah. 26, Black Christmas. Yes, I've heard of that. Um, 25. Yep. Suspiria. Yep, there we go. So Suspiria, which I haven't seen, but mm-hmm. people say is fantastic. Maybe we should seek that out. 24, The Haunting, 1963. Yeah, that's on our list. That's the one. Yep. 23, Kuroneko. Don't know. Kuroneko. Sounds like a, a J-horror. Yeah. 22, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. That sounds weird. 1971. Yeah. Uh, 21, Torso. Ah. Oh. No, don't know. No. 20, Legend of the Mountain. No, don't know. 19, A Page of Madness. 1926. Wow, okay, so an early, early horror. 18, Canal, with a K. Like, like the word canal, but with a K. No, don't know it. 17, The House with Laughing Windows. Wow, that sounds nuts. <laughs> 16, Cemetery Man. No. Nope. That's a more recent one in, on the list. That's 1994. Okay. Uh, 15, Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. Wow, that doesn't sound like a horror movie. <laughs> 14, 14, one that I've seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move quickly on. 14, Tetsuo. Oh, okay. Is that the one you're talking The Dumplings one? Uh, no, 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 no. That's called Dumplings. Oh, okay. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's after okay. uh, 2000. Yeah. So Tetsuo is, uh, it's, it's like, it's a live action film, but it, it very much seems like a manga film where these, it's a, uh, you, it kind of reminds me of, what's the one where there can be only one? Highlander. Yeah, it's like, it's a bit like Highlander, except instead of them like having swords and chopping each other's heads off, uh, guns grow out of their chests at times of great stress oh, wow. or emotion. Okay. And then they like, I think the gun then shoots. Oh, I'm sure there's some meaning behind it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really very cool. I remember particularly Tetsuo 2, but I'm sure I've seen Tetsuo. Wikipedia well. calls it a cyberpunk horror film. Right, right, right. It's cool, really cool. Okay. I wouldn't have thought it horror. I would have called it science fiction. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. sort of very horrific. 13, The Shining. Yeah. 12, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hooray! Eleven vampire, but with a Y. Yeah, yeah, okay. I have vaguely heard of that one. Ten repulsion. Yeah, now that's an interesting one, actually. That is a Roman Polanski uh, movie, right? Um, which is actually quite good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, number nine, Hausu sounds like a Japanese it one. Hausu. Eight, Brain Dead. That is that um, Peter Jackson. Well, I'm assuming so. It's 1992. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Just says Braindead. Yeah. It's not that good, no, it's, Simon. it's not that good. It's not no. that good. No. It's fine. Yeah. Not that good. No. Number seven, Deep Red. Yeah, that's an, I think that's another... Um, oh, oh, man. The guy who made Suspiria. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Oh, well, you've got two by the same director, Simon, so you're breaking the rules as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Cure. 1997. Ooh, okay. Haven't heard of no. that. That sounds worth looking sure. up. Number five, Possession. 
don't know. Okay. Mm, just looking up Cure. Oh, sorry. I, I meant looking up generally, but you can feel free to look it up now. Oh, Cure is another J-horror. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sounds worth it. Number five, Possession. Okay, let me look that up. That sounds... Is that based on... Is there a book called Possession, or is that something... Possession... Different? 1981, German... Yeah, yeah. psychological okay. horror drama. Cool. Mm-hmm. Number four, Mother Joan of the Angels. Wow. There's a lot of titles a bit like that, aren't there? Mother Joan this. of the Angels. 1961. Yep. Demonic Possession. Sounds good. Number three... The Cremator. Ooh. Or the Cremator. In- sounds maybe. intriguing. <laughs> yes. Number two, Eraserhead. Now that is, I wouldn't consider that to be a horror film. Okay, okay. Um, it's pretty, I think I've seen it, or I've certainly heard it's of it. It's pretty messed up. Cool. <laughs> uh, but it is, I mean, it's, um, it's David Lynch's um, feature debut. Right, okay, okay. And Simon Brand's number one horror film of the 20th century, Quaidan. Ooh, sounds like another J-horror. How's that spelled? K-W-A-I. K-W-A-I. Dan. D-A-N. Quaidan. Yes, another J-horror. Cool. Well, I, I mean, we clearly need to catch up on the J-horror, but also films with of in the title. Yeah, definitely. L- lots of them, and a with. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, I'm trying to Thanks, think. Simon. Yes, Dario Argento is the man who made Suspiria. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm also checking to just make sure he did make Deep Red. Yes, he did. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Simon, you are quite a lot cooler than me, but uh, <laughs> thank you very much for yeah, that. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for that. There's some really interesting stuff in there, particularly really cool. lots of J horror that I wasn't aware of at all. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we've got to move on because we're going on. So. Um, another thing we were going to talk about is the film Play Misty for Me, which I know nothing about. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, when did that? Why did that come up? Oh, I, I guess it was probably on the timeout list. Okay, now let's have a look at that. That's a Clint Eastwood movie. I'll link to the timeout list from the um, the um, podcast description, by the way, listener. So it's an American psychological. I'll also try and if, if I remember, I'll listen to. Um, yeah, I'll link to Simon's list as well. It's an American psychological thriller film directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, and starring Clint Eastwood. Um, have you seen it? I have seen it. It's about mm. a radio disc jockey who broadcasts nightly from a studio in Carmel-by-the-Sea, California. Um, at his favourite bar, so the, the host of it, uh, seemingly by chance encounters a woman named Evelyn Draper. Um, it then turns out the meeting was not accidental. She sought him out after hearing the bar mentioned on his radio show. Uh, he guesses correctly that she is the recurring caller who always requests the jazz standard Misty. Um, so uh, it sounds... Does she boil his bunnies? It does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bunny boiler. Fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so other things we should we talk about. Um, notable directors that we that were there were lots of films by them and we had to pick one. Yes. So John Carpenter? Yes, John Carpenter, um, hugely what influential director. Um, his movies include Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13, which is fantastic. The Thing, which is in the list. Christine, which is also very good. Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Prince of Darkness, which is a really weird horror movie from the mm. late 80s. Um, a fantastic allegorical movie called They Live, 
which sadly... With an exclamation mark, right? No, no, no exclamation mark. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, that, is, uh, that is sadly still very relevant today. Uh, okay. Um, and more recently, he returned to the Halloween, because he made Halloween, and mm-hmm. Halloween 2, I think, as well. Um, he returned to the remake, or not remake, uh, a sequel... Mm-hmm. As both mm-hmm. composer and executive producer, which is cool, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. sequel is supposed to be very good. So, and we've all right, cool. So, you've not seen that? I have not seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay, okay so we've already talked about uh, George Romero, yes, but um, the other person we should talk about is Wes Craven, yes. So, Wes Craven, another hugely influential um, director, uh, another one with a massive filmography behind him. He sadly died a few years ago. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the creative force behind A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. also Scream. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kathy will be pleased. We mentioned Scream. Some of his other films include The Last House on the Left, The Hills right. Have Eyes. Yeah, these are famous names. Yes. Uh, Swamp Thing, which I think is kind of rubbish. Uh, mm-hmm. The Serpent and the Rainbow, uh, which I really enjoy. It's set in Haiti, I think. It's all to do with voodoo and zombies, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like zombies. Uh, a movie called The People Under the Stairs, which is kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm. And a, a non-horror thriller that's very lean. It's about 80 minutes long, uh, called mm-hmm. Red Eye, which is very good. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So he, he kind of reinvented... The Nightmare on Elm Street twice, if you if you include Scream as a kind of reinvention. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Really, really clever guy. Really um, engaging. If you see him, ever see see or read any interviews with him, he's hugely engaging and mm-hmm. um, very cerebral. You know. He, mm-hmm. he, so, you know. at this point, can we give Scream any love to make Kathy happy? Um, no. <laughs> I I really enjoyed Scream when it came out. Okay. I've just dropped a piece of Lego again. Do stop fiddling with stuff. I'm really sorry. <laughs> cool. So that's the only th- other thing we had in our notes was um, uh, your suggestion that we should maybe do a uh, best horror of the first decade of the 21st century. Yes, I think we should because there's. I think that um, in the last 20 years there have been some fantastic horror movies uh, released. Mm. Uh so if we take our time over it, we can do the second decade as well by the time we finish the Well, first. indeed. I think that is definitely worth doing. I think we should also look at uh, the best sci-fi of the 20th century, because that, that's the biggest. Be mm. um, but I think for our next pod, we should move away from the world of film and we should mm-hmm. do a tech. Yeah, so we're long overdue for um, to break up not only... Uh, going on about horror, but also going on about um, film. Uh, film. Yes. So we'll we'll do a technology one. Um, the, the one we're going to do is going to be about basically why should I care that Facebook are evil? Or we'll, maybe we'll think of a better title than that. But what do, why does privacy matter to me? Why do algorithms that manipulate my behaviour matter to me? Yeah. I guess when I put it like that, it's obvious, but we'll see. Um, I don't, so I we'll don't think do... it's obvious to that many people. Okay. I think that um, people are willfully oblivious to how evil Facebook are. Okay, and we'll try and cover um, when I say manipulate my behaviour, what does that really mean in practice? Mm. And I might have to do some research, I don't know. Seems unlikely. I, but well, we'll well, there's, I think there's something quite important happening in 
in March that was definitely driven by um, Facebook in to right, a large is that the, degree. Um, is that the um, the fact that the um, time zone is changing to British summertime in the UK? No. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, yeah, next episode. So we're kind of smoothly moving into the plugging section of the podcast. Um, next episode, we'll do a tech. We'll then be back with... We're mostly a film podcast, so don't worry. Um, after that, we'll be back with some films, but probably miscellaneous films, because I know Andy's been... Um, frustrated not to be able to talk about various I've things. I've got a massive backlog of stuff to talk about. So um, um, we'll start yeah. We'll start on Andy's massive backlog. Yep. Um, but we also, we like, we enjoyed this top 30 a lot. I'm kind of thinking that um, Andy's massive backlog could be a title of one of the horror movies on that list you gave us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said it quite subtly and then skipped right over yeah. it, and then you really drew attention yeah, to it. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing I do. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, so we'll we'll do some miscellaneous films. We'll do some more top tens. Let us know what you'd like us to do. We might, but even, also, do some, we might even do some TV. Um, talk about really what what TV station's going to have us on? Uh, no, no, we'll talk about a TV series. Oh, I got all excited. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did just for a moment think that's what you meant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't think any TV station anywhere would have us on. Not yet. Not no. yet. Um, but with your help, listener, when you tell your friend. Um, so, uh, yeah, what I was wanted to say was, um, don't let this be the end of the conversation about the um, great horror movies of the 20th century. No. Do uh, comment on the blog post. Um, do uh, talk to us on Twitter and on mastodon.social. We are at Good Robot Andes on both of them. Um, if you search, you'll find the blog, which is, if you search for Good Robot Andes, look at the About page for ways to talk to us, leave a comment on the blog. Um, we want to hear what you think, especially things we're right about, things we're wrong about, stuff like that. But please, stuff nothing that you like. more about Scream. <laughs> yeah, we have a <laughs> we have a blanket rule that the, um, you're not allowed to mention Scream or any of the Scream sequels. No. Um, but other than that, you can talk about anything you like that you like or you don't like. Yes. Um, we'd love to hear from you. It's really nice to feel like someone's listening. I mean, we'd probably make this podcast even if we were sure no one was. Well, I'm pretty sure we did at the beginning. Nobody was listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the production values have, have moved one notch better since that. I listened to some of the early episodes. The sound quality is a bit worse, but otherwise they're the same. One louder. <laughs> yeah. It's one louder. Yeah, this, this one goes up to 11. All the way up. All the way up. But other than that, um, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, we've got music now as well. We didn't have music at the beginning. Indeed. Yeah, we've got a theme tune now. We have. Yeah. Listener, did you know that this podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License International 4.0? Uh, I bet Listener didn't know that. <laughs> what that means is you can take bits of this podcast, uh, share. you can take the whole of this podcast, share it with your friends. You can take bits of it, do whatever you like with it, so long as the piece of work that you create out of it is also released under the same license, so other people can do, have the same right. Cool. Um, the, the reason I mentioned that at that point is that our theme music is also released under um, a Creative Commons license. I believe it's the attribution-only license, so you're not requiring that um, share-back feature. Right. I'm not certain about that. I can't remember. Have a look at the bottom of the... Uh, notes on the on the podcast or on the blog to find out the exact license and a link to that music so that you can use it in your stuff because you're allowed. Nice. 
You don't have to ask permission. And similarly, to use our podcast for something else you want to do, you also don't have to ask our permission. Although you're not allowed to use it to slander us because slander is against the law. Indeed. But you're certainly allowed to use it to satirise us, and I could barely think of anything that would make me more delighted. No, please do. Than someone, someone taking our stuff and satirising yeah, it. Yeah, please do, because uh, <laughs> satire is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you could maybe take one of Andy's impressions and then like set it to music. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wonder which one it'll be. Cool. So I, I had one other bit of plugging. Do you have any plugging, Andy, in between before I do the next? I bit? have no plugging. There is no plugging. Other than, are, are you still doing your um, movie mashup um, backlog? Uh, your other backlog? Yes, I'm still getting through it actually. Yeah, and I do have some. Um, I do have some things to talk about, some movies to talk about. So I am still posting to my podcast feed. So actually, cool, so I do are you have doing some that plugging. more regularly. Cool. I do have some plugging. So yes, I used to present a radio show. I don't anymore. But I still have a podcast feed called uh, um, Movie Mashup. No camel case, no caps. No camel case, no caps. Um, uh, which uh, listener may already be subscribing to because I still have subscribers. So yes, I'm still updating that. Yeah. Cool. So do subscribe to that. You get more more thoughts from Andy on, without spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be so talking. If you sometimes about, have to avoid this because uh, of spoilers. In the coming weeks, going to be talking about um, Bird Box, uh, which is a Netflix movie. Um, and also uh, the latest uh, Dan Gilroy movie, which, Dan Gilroy who made Nightcrawler. Um, uh-huh. His latest is also a Netflix movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. So tell me about these Netflix things. Do, do I just never get to watch things if they're Netflix movies? Uh, they will be released well, on disc excluded. at some point. So there'll be a Blu-ray, yes. but they won't be on TV, You're not for years. Uh, I don't know if they'll be on TV, but certainly they usually release on disc, yeah. Do they go to cinemas? Sometimes, yeah. So I think Velvet Buzzsaw is getting a limited release. Didn't um, didn't the BAFTA, the best film winner at BAFTA, the BAFTAs, that was wasn't that a Netflix? Yes, that was Ro- Did that also come out of the cinema? That was Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. Hmm. Yeah, apparently it opens with five minutes of someone mopping a floor. Yes. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> but it won best film, so... Yeah, must be great. I'd watch anything that he's made, frankly. I think he's... Right, I mean, it's pretty cool. Hugely talented. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, there we go. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, uh, okay, so my other plugging. So that was your plugging, yes. right? Yeah. So the other plugging I have is that I um, uh, uh, made some T-shirts recently, some Good Robot Andy's T-shirts um, that are available to buy. So if you have a look on the Good Robot Andy's blog, I might make a link from the About page actually to this. Um, but they, the the second blog entry just below this, the one for this podcast, uh, is um, one about where you can buy some T-shirts with our faces, well, the, with the representations of our faces on, saying the Good Robot Andes. Uh, so do uh, buy a T-shirt. There's no profit in that for us. There's zero profit. I, I slid the slider down to zero. Nice. So um, I'm, I want you to buy one because I want you to tell people about the podcast. So buy one. Tell your friends. Um, tell all your friends. Also, I can like make... It's, you can't change the design if you click one of those links, but if you ask me, I'll make you a different design or give you a link to a changeable design, nice. which costs like a quid more. And So that's why I haven't done it, because it costs you more. Um, so you can then change... Choose, so ask me for a different colour or different sizes or different style of T-shirt or hoodies and things like that. I can only do... It's only clothes on that website that I used, not other stuff. Mugs. Um, but... 
I have made myself a good robot Andy's mug with just the two faces. No words, cool. just two faces. It's a totally cool mug. I love it. <laughs> so I'm going to try and find <laughs> a website where I can not just design a mug for myself, but, but share a design that other people can buy so they too can have this totally cool we'll mug. We'll definitely buy one. Cool. So there'll be at least one... I've got I've got Purchase a T-shirt or. which I uh, which arrived at my house on on the weekend. I sent Andy, a and t-shirt. immediately my son said, "I want one," so I've ordered <laughs> him one. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. I've I've got one too. Um, I'm I wear it quite proudly. Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's very so, cool. Um, I, some kind of moment of genius overtook me when I designed our logo for the Good Robot Andy's. I don't know what. No, happened. it's a really good logo. Although I love my, I love it. I don't have a beard, which is um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not sure I could render a very good beard. So it doesn't matter that much. I think we have to leave it. Yeah, there. that's fair. Yeah. Um, cool. I, anything else to plug? That's probably it. No. Yeah, so tell your friends. I just wanted to tell say, all your friends. I just wanted to say mm-hmm. this has been a really, really. Uh, great experience doing this countdown. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's allowed me to talk about horror movies that I love and really go back through the archives of my life, really, mm. about these films that have sort of shaped my my viewing experience over the years, mm. um, for good or ill. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. But uh, next time, tech, we're going. Yeah, to do some I think tech. it's been quite interesting as well um, because. Although we haven't talked about that many horror films on the Good Robot Andes, um, horror films are quite important to both of the of us yes. in our kind of history of of loving film. And so, by getting to talk about all these films, which really influenced us, it kind of puts all the other stuff we talk about in context. I think. Yes, and I think that um, I think that horror is a genre that doesn't get enough credit. I think that it's frequently dismissed as being frivolous. Uh, when in fact, um, you know, if we go through the, the horror movies of the last 20 years, uh, we'll find some stuff in there that is really interesting. Mm, um, mm, and and yeah. I think that in the last 20 years, the, the art form of horror has been finessed in a way that is um, quite stunning. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And also the other thing that I hope has been good for you, listener, is that some of you... Uh, are basically too scared to watch some of these films. So we get to tell you a bit about them without you having to watch them. And I know for at least one listener that's been a, a valuable thing. So I hope it's been good. Yeah. Let us know. I hope it's been good, but I also hope that people will watch something that they maybe haven't seen before. Well, now we've given you our opinion of which ones are worth putting yourself through, right, if, you, if it's a scary prospect. Yeah, definitely. And I'm definitely going to rewatch. Don't Look Now uh, so don't Soon. yeah don't watch Hellraiser two, no. Don't watch Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth no. or you know watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Work your way up to The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. Is that it? Unless you have a problem with supernatural horror, <laughs> in which case I don't know. Watch the whole. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the whole is cool. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of movies on that list that are not supernatural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, that is it. We have gone on so long, but it's been really it's fun. Been really and fun. this has been a great series. Thank you for engaging with us, listeners. Yes. And we all know that counting down, countdowns are a good way of getting listener engagement. Yes, so, you are. know, yeah, that was our cynical ploy. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. 
Yeah, we're all about the listeners. So next time, like, uh, we'll have, some, like sometimes there's more than next one. Next time we'll have zero engagements, but we don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we've never received a single piece of positive feedback about a tech. No, no is that not true? We've had no, we've had some. No, we've had some interesting have feedback. We? Yeah. Someone said they thought it was it helped them understand something. There you go. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was probably our super fan, Kathy. Yes, yeah, super fan. <laughs> Hi to all our super fans. Hi to all our super fans. I eat all our super fans. <coughs> um, and uh, see you next time. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>